Alaska. That has been the hot topic. <laughs> That's been the question, my friends. I have gotten so many questions over on my YouTube channel and even my Instagram page about our decision to move to the state of Alaska and purchase our forever homestead up there. So I thought it would be fun to sit down this evening with a glass of wine and just chat with you guys and address some of those questions. My name is Tina, and I'm the creator of the podcast and YouTube channel, Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. I love to share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, and all things life with you. This podcast show is a space where we get down and dirty, raw and unfiltered about motherhood, marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. It's a behind the scenes look into our homestead life and my deepest thoughts and convictions as I navigate being a mom and a wife alongside you. I'm so glad you're here and my hope is that I can be a blessing to you. Well, as Joe gets ready to retire from the military, uh, we, a few years ago, started thinking about where we wanted to retire. There was several states that were contenders for us. I've kind of talked about this here and there on the YouTube channel, and I might have even mentioned it here on the podcast, but um, especially with recent events and the state of our culture in America, uh, there were clear things that were important to us um, you know, at the time that we decided to not stay in Virginia, Virginia was a very blue democratic state and has been for, I'd say, about 10 years now. Um, but as you guys know from my last podcast show, uh, we just turned to a red state. <laughs> uh, Governor-elect uh, Glenn Youngkin just won the governor election in November for Virginia, and he's a Republican governor. So yay, Virginia. I am super excited that they're going to have someone in office looking out for them um, that has good ethics and morals and believes in the family and not just, you know, promoting a political agenda. So, um, but the fact is with Virginia, there are some things that I do not like about here. Um, one, I do not like tornadoes. And I didn't know that Virginia had tornadoes, but oh, do we have tornadoes. Um, we get several tornadoes every year. Uh, last year, we got a tornado on Christmas Eve, which was kind of crazy. Um, but you guys, I don't do tornadoes. I grew up part of my childhood in Iowa and had some horrific encounters and memories of tornadoes. And they're just, they're just terrifying to me. And, you know, everywhere you go, there's some type of natural disaster, right? I personally don't really like the thought of a funnel cloud being able to just take me up in the sky like Dorothy um, and throw me down wherever it wants to. <laughs> So I don't like tornadoes. The other thing is Virginia has really crazy taxes. I mean, the personal property taxes here in Virginia are ridiculous. I, you know, when we moved my grandfather out here, we couldn't believe it when he got a bill in the mail from the city that wanted him to pay personal property taxes on his van. Now, mind you, he bought this van years ago in the state of California, didn't even buy it here, but they tax you on your personal property. Um, same thing if you own a business, you're taxed on all of your small equipment, I mean everything, and it's it's really crazy. Property taxes are pretty high here too. So there was just some things like that, and amongst others, and to include um, something else that was important to us, obviously, was a state that had really good homeschooling laws. Now, 
Virginia is fairly decent. It, it's not horrible, right? Um, we have to file a notice of intent every year to let them know that we plan to home educate. We have to also do a yearly assessment to show that Parker is progressing. And um, there's other requirements in there, such as technically, uh, we are also supposed to show proof of immunizations, which I've never been required or asked to show that uh, with my notice of intent every year. And it is a little concerning to me with the COVID vaccine mandates and all the craziness going on with needing a vaccine passport um, to do anything in a lot of the states that you know we have right now that are requiring vaccine passports to get into gyms and grocery stores and things like that. Thankfully, I don't think that that's going to be an issue for Virginia right now because we now have a new Republican governor. But back when we decided to make to make the choice to leave Virginia, we still had a very Democratic governor that was tyrannical, unethical, um, completely believed in crazy, sinful, wicked things such as abortion all the way up to nine months of pregnancy. This was the governor that we had in Virginia. So I thought that it wasn't a far-fetched thought that um, they would eventually come after the homeschoolers and say, hey, um, public schools require to show proof of immunization. Public schools going to require COVID vaccination for the children. And so homeschoolers fall in line. And I was not about to have that. I'm not using my son as a guinea pig um, on an experimental vaccine. That's just not going to happen. So that was one thing that was a little concerning to me. And when we looked at the state of Alaska, um, that was one thing that was very appealing to me is the homeschool laws in Alaska are very, very relaxed and reasonable. There is no requirement to file notice of intent. There's no requirement for annual assessments, no immunization requirements. Um, basically, it's just common sense to me. Like, these are our babies. So I think that we know what's best for them. God gave them to us for a reason. Now, granted, you've got the cases of, you know, the psychotic parents that should never have children that beat them and don't take care of them and all those things. But that is the few. That's not the majority. So we citizens that live the right way and abide by the law and take care of our children should not be punished because of the few that are, you know, rogue parents. <laughs> so um, the other thing about Alaska, right now they have, um, and statistically, historically, they're a Republican state and they have a Republican governor right now. He is anti-mandate, anti-mandating the mask, anti-mandating a vaccine, um, just very pro-freedom. And that speaks to me. Like, that is my language and that completely speaks to us. You know, I wanna live in a state with like-minded people and you guys hear me say that a lot, but um, I need to be with neighbors that um, believe in the same things that we do to a certain extent. Obviously, we're all gonna have different views on things um, in some instances, but you know, Alaska is a very pro-Second Amendment state. You have a lot of people up there that live off the land, that go hunting, that just believe in freedom. And a lot of people that have moved to Alaska for that very reason, you know, they, they wanna be pushed out there. They wanna be away from civilization. Um, and in this culture that we're living in, you guys, we, I say I as I'm speaking to you, but of course all of this is a decision that is, Joe and I have made together after long, long discussions, many times over coffee. Um, but 
you know, just like Black Friday, right? We just had Black Friday yesterday. I've never been a Black Friday shopper just because I don't like the crowds, um, but I surely wouldn't be out there Black Friday shopping right now. I mean, headlines all over, people getting shot up in the malls on Black Friday. I mean, people have just lost their minds. People have gone crazy. And um, the truth and the reality is I do not feel safe among a lot of people. I just don't. Um, you'll never catch me moving to New York City. You'll never catch me moving to Chicago. Um, some of these liberal states that want to defund the police and have basically become so open-minded that their brains have fallen out. You'll never catch me in a state like that. So those are just a few reasons, you know, why, why we chose Alaska. And as you guys know, we've lived up there twice. We were stationed in Fairbanks, Alaska in the Army when we had Lexi, and we were stationed there again when we had Parker in the Coast Guard. So we lived in Ketchikan, Alaska, which is a small island in southeastern Alaska. Um, so for a total of, I think, like seven years, we lived in Alaska. And Alaska truly just has our heart, you guys. So I'm really excited. I have absolutely no doubts in my mind and in my heart that this is the path God wanted for us because he has just lined things up for us to make this possible. And um, I feel at peace with this decision. I believe it's where we belong. I truly believe that. So I wanted to just chat with you guys about um, our plan for moving to Alaska because I've had a lot of questions about the logistics of how we're moving our family and our entire household to Alaska. Um, and then also address some of the uh, reoccurring questions that I've been getting about our choice to go to Alaska. So uh, first and foremost, we are going to be driving from Virginia to Washington State. We're going to be driving across country um, with our F-150. We're going to be pulling our enclosed trailer um, and all of the household good items that we can fit in there along with our Polaris Ranger that we bought, our UTV for the property up there in Alaska. And we bought a camper shell for the F-150. And we have two large kennels that are gonna go in the back of the truck in the camper shell area. And each dog, we have two dogs, each dog is gonna have their own kennel. And then we're also taking our two kitty cats. So there will be a litter box in the back of the truck in the camper shell area. And the cats will basically just kind of have free range of uh, the back of the truck area back there with the camper shell. So pretty much the back of the truck uh, camper shell area is set aside for the animals. Those are the only animals that we're taking with us, our two dogs and our two cats. Um, our buyers of our home here in Virginia have decided that they would like to keep our chickens. And I'm super excited because, um, you know, we weren't going to take them with us. We can't take livestock and a flock of chickens and things like that on this trip to Alaska. So they were going to have to get sold anyway. And I asked the buyers, I'm like, hey, you know, you got a flock of chickens out here that are good layers. We've had them for a little bit, um, get fresh eggs every day. You know, I wanted to offer them to you guys if you would like to keep them. The chicken coop's already up. Everything's already in place. Um, and if not, then we'll sell them. And it was so cute. She was like, oh, no, we'll keep them. And she's like, I'm going to watch some videos. I've never raised chickens. And, you know, she's really excited to have fresh eggs. So Parker was really happy that they wanted to keep the chickens. We didn't have to sell them and disperse them and separate them. They get to stay here, um, which is home. And then when we get to Alaska, we'll start a new flock up there. 
as far as the other livestock, we have already uh, sold everything off. So we will be starting our homestead over when we get to Alaska and get settled. And we'll decide then, you know, if we want to get more livestock and things like that. We will definitely have chickens. Um, I am considering getting another dairy sheep. I really love the sheep milk um, from our sheep that we had here on the One Acre Homestead. And for me, having a sheep was so much easier because it was a smaller animal. It ate a lot less than the cow did. Um, it was just easier to maintain. And it gave us about a pint of delicious milk every day, which for us, now that Lexi is gone living in California, we have a small family of three. It's just me, Joe, and Parker um, in the house. My, my grandpa doesn't drink the milk. So having a dairy cow, it was just too much milk. Even making yogurt and making cheese and doing all the things, it was a lot to keep up with with such a small family. But having a dairy sheep was just perfect. So I can, I'm going to consider doing um, a dairy sheep again. And then, of course, raising the lambs for meat and having our chickens. But as far as other large livestock, I don't know. Because in Alaska, you have so much uh, natural resources up there. Moose and deer and rabbit and wild fowl and and fish oh my gosh the fishing up there you guys is ridiculous so i don't know if we would have the need to raise our own beef again or you know raise rabbits or anything like that and the other thing with having a lot of animals like that on the homestead is it really ties you down to not being able to leave and go camping for a few days and go hunting or go out on the boat you know, you got to get home to feed the animals. You got to get home to milk the cow, uh, things like that. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do like the big farm animal thing again. I think that we'll definitely do chickens, maybe a dairy sheep, um, but that might be the extent of what we have there on the homestead. And just to clarify, um, you know, with a dairy animal, I am very big on cow sharing or lamb sharing. You guys may have heard me talk about this on some of my YouTube videos, but it is true that when you have a dairy animal that's in milk, that animal has to be milked every day so that it doesn't, you know, get mastitis or whatever. But if you, let's just take the sheep for example, if you lamb share, which is where you basically at night when you go to bed, you separate the mama from her babies having them together in the same barn, just separated by a fence or something. So they can still see, hear, and smell each other. So it doesn't stress the mother out. But they go through the night. The lamb can't drink the milk. You get up in the morning, you go out and milk out the sheep, you know, however much milk you need for your family. And then you release her back out into the pasture with her lamb or lambs. And the lambs get to be with her all day and feed on mama's milk. So the nice thing about lamb sharing or calf sharing, if you're doing this with a cow, is you're not strapped down to milking that animal every day. If there's an animal, or excuse me, if there's a day or a few days where you don't want to milk, then you just leave the lamb or the calf in with the mama 24 hours a day, and it will take care of the milking for you. So back to how we are getting to Alaska. So we are traveling cross country in the truck, me, Joe, and Parker, and we are catching the ferry with the Alaska Marine Highway System in Bellingham, Washington. And we will take the ferry from Washington to Alaska. It's a five-day ferry ride, and it makes two stops. One stop in Juneau, Alaska, and one stop in, I'm sorry, it makes three stops. And another stop in Ketchikan, 
And then another stop in, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. I think it's called Yakutat. Um, but I'm excited because it's just like when you're on a cruise, when you pull into port, you get to get off for a few hours and go check things out. And Ketchikan is where Parker was born. So I thought, you know, we could get off, catch an Uber, maybe show him the house that he was born in. Ketchikan is an island and it's very small. There's only a 30 mile um, stretch of road on the island of Ketchikan. So, you know, I figured it would be fun to show him where he was born, but it's a five day ferry ride. We did pay a little extra to get a cabin on the ferry. And you guys, it's it's literally like a little mini cruise. It's uh, it's actually really fun. This will be the third time that we've ridden the ferry with the Alaska Marine Highway System. And I would highly recommend, if you can afford it, to get the cabin because it's just really convenient. It's got uh, bunk beds in there. They provide linens for the beds. And then you even have a little shower, a little bathroom in there. So it's really convenient. And you are allowed to take food on the ferry. Um, you're not leaving the United States, right? So you don't have to worry about getting food inspected. They don't go through your vehicle because you're not leaving the United States. Um, so we always take a really big ice chest with, you know, stuff to make sandwiches, maybe cereal stuff for easy mornings um, that we don't feel like going to the cafeteria because they do have a cafeteria on board that you can purchase food if you didn't bring anything. But you know how it is. Sometimes you just don't feel like leaving your cabin and you just want to have a bowl of cereal that morning or sleep in or whatever. And so I always bring, you know, snacks and some fruit and things like that on board. And I also bring a little miniature coffee maker. <laughs> you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, like, you know, I got to have my coffee, okay? We always take a little coffee maker in the cabin with us. And it's just really fun all day when we're underway. Um, you can walk around. You can go out on the deck and look at the scenery. It is amazingly beautiful the inland waterways the um the captain will come over the loudspeaker and let you know when they see whales and seals and stuff in the water so you can go out on the deck and see them it is really an experience so um just to give you guys an idea of what we paid for this trip so with our truck pulling our enclosed trailer uh me joe and parker our two cats and our two dogs it was $7,900. So that includes our tickets, that includes our cabin. So $7,900 to go from Washington to Alaska versus driving through Canada and the Yukon to get to Alaska, which we've also done that. And not that there's anything wrong with that, it's just a lot easier in my opinion to just hop on the ferry let the captain handle all of it, and you just kind of hang out and have a mini cruise. So if you can afford it, I think taking the ferry is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. It makes the trip a little bit faster instead of driving all the way through the Yukon. And, uh, you know, so that's what we've decided to do. I think that it will be really fun for Parker. I think it will be an experience that he'll never forget. So I'm really excited about it. For the animals, you do have to have a health certificate from the vet that is dated within 30 days of your sailing date. So no big deal, right? The vets, they know what that is and it's just making sure that they're healthy, um, putting on paper, you know, they're healthy, they're got their immunizations, their rabies, all that good stuff. But you do have to have a veterinarian's health certificate for each animal that you bring with you on board and present that at the terminal when you check in. So we pull into Whittier, Alaska, 
and we will get off the ferry there and then we will drive the rest of the way up to the cabin and it's a little bit of a drive but um again i i love road trips i love traveling you guys and this is going to be so much fun for parker so you know and i think we're going to be so excited we're just not going to care but yeah so we'll drive the rest of the way up to the cabin so this is all going down in march we hit the road march 1st i'm very excited and as some of you may know from you know watching our videos on the YouTube channel, Joe is set to retire with the military fall of 2022. So he's taking Parker and I up to the cabin early, and then after he gets us settled in in March, he's flying back to Virginia, and he will stay here in an apartment um, with my grandfather uh, for about six or seven months until he retires, and then him and my grandpa will join us in Alaska. So that's how that's gonna go down. But Joe's gonna stay with us in the cabin through the month of March because we have quite a few projects that we need to work on to get the cabin ready, you know, and set up for success for me and Parker. A couple of the things that we have to do, we've got to insulate the crawl space. We need to put up skirting around the bottom of the cabin. Right now we haven't winterized, but when we get up there in March, it's still gonna be very cold and snowing and the pipes and everything are not insulated. So to ensure that we don't have busted pipes and issues, we need to insulate the crawl space of the cabin and get skirting around that. So not a big deal. You know, it's like less than 500, or excuse me, it's just under 600 square feet. So it's not a big space, a big cabin, but it's definitely something that has to get done. We bought a brand new stackable washer and dryer that will fit into a perfect spot right under the stairs. Uh, we measured it when we went up to Alaska in July for the home inspection and we bought according to those measurements. So Joe's gonna help get that set up so I can do laundry for Parker and I. And um, just some other things, we need to get some firewood chopped and get a little woodshed built and um, some things like that to kind of ensure that we're ready and good to go. We should have power hooked up to the property by March. We've been working with the electric company we are paying to pull power out to the property. It is off-grid right now. We were either gonna do a complete solar package or pay to have power brought out. And we've decided for convenience uh, to go ahead and just have power brought out to the cabin. And part of that, you know, Joe, he's like, Tina, I do not wanna deal with solar, uh, the batteries, like all the things, because we're gonna have multiple structures that we're putting up on the property. We're gonna have my grandfather's guest cabin, we're going to have a garage slash shop for Joe, you know, and when you're pulling power to all those different structures, it's a lot easier if you just already have power in place. So uh, that's what we've decided to do. I'm really excited. So hopefully um, that'll be ready in March. They say that it will be and, you know, we'll be good to go. So I wanted to take a second just to address some of the questions that I've gotten probably mainly on my YouTube channel. And it's funny, I, I had one the other day and the person, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but they were basically like, who in the world would voluntarily get up and move to Alaska? Um, I think they said they were in Germany or, oh gosh, I can't remember, but they compared it to them moving from wherever they live to Siberia. <laughs> They're like, why would you ever do that? Like, you know, and I just want to say that first of all, because we want to like, you know, obviously when you have a YouTube channel and you're kind of in the spotlight, like people are going to ask questions and it's only fair if you're going to share your personal information with them, if they've got a question or they don't understand something to address it. Um, but the, the big answer is because we want to. 
you know, we've lived there before. We know what we're getting into. And you guys, when we moved to Fairbanks, Alaska in the army, and it's cold up there, y'all. I mean, I'm talking, I saw it get negative 55. It was in the middle of winter. I think it was like December when the army uh, moved us up there. And I stepped off the plane, coughed immediately because of the cold air in my lungs. I'd never felt that cold air in my lungs before. I could feel my nose hairs cracking. Um, You had to plug your vehicles into, they actually had poles at the grocery stores in the parking spaces. You have to plug your vehicles in so that your uh, oil pan and your battery doesn't freeze up. I mean, it was cold. So when I tell you we know what we're getting into, we know what we're getting into. We've we've done this before. I, I think that's kind of funny. People have a common misconception of what Alaska is. They think it's nothing but igloos and polar bears. And that's just not the case. I mean, of course, it depends on where you go. But we're not going somewhere that's completely off-grid in the middle of nowhere where we're hauling our water with buckets, you know? I mean, we have a well on our 15-acre property. We have a septic tank. We're going to have power at the property. We are pushed out there. Um, It's 45 minutes to the nearest town for us, but that town is fairly large. I mean, you've got Walmart and Lowe's and restaurants and doctors and hospital and it's it's you know it has all the things but if you go in the other direction from our cabin it is nothing but vast alaskan wilderness streams and creeks flowing with fish prime hunting ground i mean that's what we want we want to be able to hop on our snow machines and our quads and just drive out and go hunting or go pitch a tent and go camping, go hiking and explore, go foraging. And that's what I'm really excited about. So, you know, we're close enough to civilization where we can get supplies, go into town, get what we need, but we're still pushed out that I'm not surrounded by a lot of people. And if you guys have not seen my uh, cabin video, I did a cabin tour of our Alaska cabin on my YouTube channel. I will link that video in the show notes for this podcast. So if you want to check it out and see what our property looks like in our new little 600 square foot Frisian style cabin, check that out. I'll put that down there for you guys. But, you know, so we know what we're getting into. Um, and uh, we're, we're prepared for that. We're ready. So I've had People ask me if I'm scared, mainly because, you know, Parker and I are going up first. And part of why we're doing that is because we don't want the cabin sitting vacant for a whole year. We closed on the cabin in September, so we've already owned it for two months and it's sitting there vacant. I do have an amazing realtor um, and even the guy that winterized the cabin for us is so sweet. I've talked to him several times and he's always like, oh, if you need anything, if you want me to go up there and plow the driveway for you. I mean, Alaskans are just good people. In general, they are just really good down to earth people. So I feel comfortable knowing that the cabins looked after or if I needed anything, someone could help me out and go run up there and do something like our, our realtor put a a chain across the driveway for us with a no trespassing sign and put a lock on it, which was awesome. He didn't have to do that. That's I'm a realtor, you guys. That's not in my job description, right? But I always go the extra mile for my clients, um, and he did too, and I just love that about him. So I wouldn't say that I'm scared. I don't think that's the right word. Um, I've lived alone with my children many times with the military. Joe went to Iraq. 
Joe's been underway on deployments with the Coast Guard many times. We've been separated with boot camp. Um, I've been alone many times, so I'm not scared. I just bought myself a new 357 revolver. We have plenty of guns. I'm not afraid to use them. I know how to use them. I was in the military, um, so I know how to defend myself, and I'm not afraid to defend myself. I think just a little uneasiness about the unknown. And I say that because it seems like when things go wrong, is always when Joe's not with me, right? Like when we bought our first home ever, it was in Ketchikan, Alaska. We closed on the property. We moved in. Joe immediately had to get underway with the Coast Guard. And no joke, you guys, like the next day, I woke up to brush my teeth and water wouldn't come out of the faucet. And I was like, okay, here I am, right? Born and raised in Southern California. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. And in Ketchikan, um, we had a cistern, a massive I think it was like galvanized steel cistern, cistern out in the backyard and um, it collected the rainwater. And then we had a pump that would pull that water into the house. It went through a filter. So we drank the rainwater in Ketchikan. Um, it's a tempered rainforest and it rains like every single day of the year. <laughs> I'm kidding, but it rains a lot. I mean, it's like Washington state type weather. So I'm used to city water, right? So I go to brush my teeth and the faucet turns on or it won't turn on. And I'm like, okay, guess I'm not brushing my teeth today. So I go to work at the base and I'm talking to one of the chiefs and um, graciously he comes out to the house and he looks at it and the pump burned out. Uh, go figure. The pump had been in that house since it was built. And like the week after we bought it, the pump went out. Um, that's just my luck. And of course, Joe wasn't home to help me with it. So I am not mechanically inclined. So that is probably the only thing that I'm a little bit uneasy about. If something significant breaks, I don't know how to fix it. There's a lot of things I can figure out. You know, I'm smart, but I just I'm not mechanically inclined like that. Joe, he's a mechanic. That's what he does. But the good thing is I'm close enough to the nearest city that I can contact businesses and contractors to come out and help me um, if something breaks or if something went wrong and we'll be okay. But scared is not the word. Just a little uneasy just because it's all on my shoulders. It's going to be me and Parker out in the middle of nowhere on this 15 acre property in this little cabin in Alaska. So I will always be carrying, I will always have my revolver on me. Um, I will never go anywhere without it. And that's just because it's just me and Parker. And I wanna make sure that I can protect us if something happens. Um, and I'll always take our dog. You know, we can't take Stryker. Stryker's our Dalmatian and he's getting really old. So um, he, he wouldn't make it on big long hikes, but Ollie, He's our boxer pit mix that we rescued from the animal shelter, and he's pretty much the bomb. So he will be going with us everywhere we go. So I'm not scared. Um, I'm excited. And in a sense, I am excited to show myself that I can do anything that I set my mind to. Isn't that crazy, you guys? I'm not going to lie. I fantasize about it when I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking about this whole adventure that we're about to embark on. And I want to do it. I want to prove to myself that I can do this because I am strong. I'm determined. I'm stubborn. I am a strong woman and I'm a mama bear and I will protect little Parker and we will be just fine. 
So another question that I get a lot is people asking me if we are gonna add on to our cabin. So if you watch our cabin video, like I said, our cabin is just under 600 square feet. I think it's actually 576 square feet to be exact. When you walk in the cabin, you've got your living room space slash dining area, and then it goes into the kitchen. We have one bathroom with a stand-up shower, and then we have a master bedroom downstairs that has a door and everything, like it's an actual bedroom. If you go upstairs, you've got a very large loft, and that's gonna be Parker's space. We don't have a need to add on to the cabin. It's only three of us. It's me, Joe, and Parker, because we are gonna be building my grandfather a guest cabin on the property. We've bought and sold three houses now in the state of Virginia. And every time, you guys, we downsize to a smaller square footage home. When we first moved to Virginia, we bought this big house. I think it was like 2,800 square feet with a big pool in the backyard. Just too much house. Who needs that much house? I mean, it was three bathrooms and four or five bedrooms. I don't even know. It had a dining room and then it had a formal dining room. It had a living room and then it had a formal living room. Like what? Like take me back to my Ingles, okay? Because I don't need all that. Like hallelujah, I'm excited to have only one toilet to clean. <laughs> like I, you know, it's funny how you grow and you change over the years. I mean, back in the day, it was like, oh, big house and a pool until you figure out what it takes to maintain all that. And then it's like, yeah, no, this doesn't sound so good no more. So. I just think it's funny because then we built the farmhouse um, and that was smaller. That was probably 1,900 to 2,000 square feet. We sold that house and built this house we're currently in, in Virginia on the one acre homestead. And this one's about 18 to 1,900 square feet. And it's still too big. I mean, it's just massive. We have rooms that we don't use. We have all these bathrooms, and so I don't really feel like there's a need for us to add on to the cabin. There's plenty of space. We'll have a bathroom to share. Me and Joe have our own room. Parker has his own room, um, and we've got the Alaskan wilderness to explore. So if we need to get away from each other, we've got plenty of space to do that, right? <laughs> I think that some things Joe and I have talked about doing is doing like a, we have a front deck out in, in the front of the cabin that overlooks the uh, pond. And I, I thought about doing like a wraparound deck with an awning on the front part so that we can sit outside even when it's raining and snowing and look over the beautiful property in the pond. I would really love that. And the other thing is like a walk-in pantry slash storage room, like food storage room. Because in the cabin, this is the one issue I do have. We don't have a pantry. We've got kitchen cupboards, but not many of them. So go check out my cabin video and you'll see what I'm talking about. There's no pantry. And the space where we could have put the pantry is where we're gonna be putting our stackable washer and dryer. So you guys know me, I can, I dehydrate, I do all the things. Like I need somewhere to put my food. So we might build on at some point and do a pantry for the cabin um, that's connected to the cabin so that I can just walk, walk in there and get my wheat berries when I need to ground my flour and make my bread and things like that. But I also wanna do some type of root cellar for sure. Um, for long-term storage and stacking and keeping all of our food together. I had somebody ask me, well, they didn't ask actually, they, 
this was the person that basically said I was crazy for moving to Alaska. Why would anybody want to move to Alaska? Um, they said, you know, how, how are you going to garden? I mean, it's so cold there and you know, you're going to have to have like heat in your, in a greenhouse just to grow veggies. And, you know, again, there is a misconception. Okay. I have seen 90 degree heat in Alaska and that was in Fairbanks, Alaska which is north, very cold. So, you know, you get beautiful weather in the summer. You get a good three to four months of decent weather in Alaska, depending on where you live. So we have built a greenhouse everywhere we have lived since we started homesteading. This new homestead will be no different. And this greenhouse is going to be like the Mac Daddy of all greenhouse. Like we're pulling out the stops because this is our forever homestead. So I want to build a beautiful wood-built greenhouse with durable siding, uh, greenhouse siding, um, just a big indoor greenhouse environment um, to grow those veggies and things that don't necessarily need the pollination of bees. And of course, we'll have an outside garden area too because some things do need to be pollinated, right? Gardening is actually very doable in Alaska. So many people do it. And we used to have a garden when we lived in Alaska before. So it's just understanding the difference growing up there versus growing down here in the lower 48. You have a very different environment. It's a shorter growing season. Learning how to get your seeds started early indoors, getting things off to a start ahead of time, um, and just really taking advantage of that warm weather that you do have. Another question I got was somebody asked me, you know, what are you going to do uh, when you run out of firewood? You know, do you have access to surrounding properties where you can harvest firewood? Well, first of all, um, there is a ton of dead spruce on our property. We saw that when we were out there in July checking everything out. So tons of wonderful firewood already that's there to be harvested. The other thing is, in addition to buying the washer and dryer, we bought a, um, and I don't know the name of it, it's kind of like a Toyo heater. It's a heater that goes off of the propane. So we're, we have a big propane tank out there at the cabin. Um, so I would like to keep the cabin, especially in the winter, at a steady temperature and then supplement with wood when we want to or need to. I don't know if I necessarily want to be completely dependent on firewood. Now, when Joe gets up there with us, maybe we will. And maybe we'll only use the um, propane heater, the wall heater, intermittently. I don't know. Um, when Joe's up there to actually help me kind of chop and stack a bunch of firewood. But either way, I just like having options. I like having the wood-burning stove, and I also like having the secondary heat just in case. In a 576 square foot cabin, that big, huge wood-burning stove that's in there is going to heat the whole cabin. I mean, it's probably actually going to get so hot um, that we're going to have to be running the fan upstairs for Parker's loft because, you know, heat rises. So I'm not really worried about that. But the state of Alaska, the forest, the forestry division, does have designated areas of state land where people can go out and harvest firewood for personal use. So you know, you can't just go out depending on where you are and just start chopping down trees because you don't know if it's someone's property or you don't know whatever. Um, but they do have designated areas that you can go to harvest firewood for the people that live up there. Another question that I get a lot is, what are you guys going to do for money? Are you guys going to keep working? 
Is Joe going to get a job? Are you going to keep your license and do real estate when you get up there? Um, and the answer to that is no. Uh, we are retiring, like 100% retiring. And I had someone tell me the other day on YouTube, how are you retiring? You don't even look old enough to retire. Like they thought I was making it up or whatever. And I'm like, okay, first of all, we joined the military right out of high school. Um, we were 18. In fact, we we enlisted when we were still in high school, but we didn't ship out until after we graduated. So when you join the military that young, you only need to do 20 years to retire. Um, obviously, I got out at 10 years to stay home with Parker uh, and be a stay-at-home mom, And um, but Joe is still in. So he's retiring in one year. He's He's been in for 19 and however many months. So um, we're absolutely retiring. We will have his pension. And, um, you know, that's as long as his religious exemption gets approved for the, the vaccine mandate. You guys already know my thoughts on that if you've listened to my podcast show or if you've watched some of my YouTube videos. So we are not vaccinated for COVID, nor will we ever be. Um, and we've put in the religious exemption about two months ago now, and we have yet to hear anything back. Not one word. So if they kick Joe out um, and he doesn't get his pension, that's going to suck. But for our family, it's principle. We are totally pro-choice when it comes to vaccine mandates. I think that if you want to get vaccinated, we support that 100%. Um, and we want our decision not to get vaccinated to be respected as well. So hopefully, you know, praying to the Lord that things work out and he gets to retire and get his pension, that would be amazing. You know, our family could really use that income. But if he doesn't, we still have other avenues of income, things that I do on the side that is going to sustain us and will be just fine. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. We, we don't want to work. We want to raise Parker, live off the land, go hunting, go fishing, build up our homestead, and continue our YouTube channel, right? The YouTube channel has really, really grown. And not that I'm some big, you know, million subscriber YouTube channel, but we have 25,000 subscribers right now. And it's just really grown. And we, we do make an income from the YouTube channel. It's nothing crazy, right? But it does supplement our income as a family. And I thoroughly enjoy sharing our life and our journey with our friends on YouTube. So I plan on continuing the YouTube channel, taking our friends along with us on the entire journey and adventure um, and building up the homestead, all the fun we're going to have up there, fishing and foraging and just living the Alaska dream. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I also made sure that we get internet out at the cabin. <laughs> that is a really big priority um, for somebody that runs a YouTube channel. You know, I have to be able to do my weekly uploads. Um, hopefully I will be able to continue to do my monthly live stream. I have to see how strong my signal is for that because live, live streams does suck a lot of uh, internet. So I don't know if I'll be able to continue the live streams. I really hope I can because that's such a fun way to interact with my subscribers, our friends on YouTube every month, like in person, like real time and get to know them on a personal level. But we do have internet access. So the YouTube channel is going to continue on. When we get to Alaska, we are going to be getting a small tractor. We're going to be investing in a boat um, so that we can go out and go fishing. We plan on getting some, some four wheelers and also 
a snow machine or two so that we can handle the terrain when we're doing different things, camping and hunting and all that. So those are some big purchases that we plan on making when we get up there. Our first priority when we get to Alaska is building my grandfather's guest cabin. So when him and Joe come up next fall, 2022, my grandfather will be staying in an apartment um, or a rental. I'm gonna have something lined up for him so that when he gets there, we can move him right in and get him settled. And our first priority is getting his little guest cabin built. Now, they have prefabricated cabins there locally that you can just purchase and have delivered. And then we kind of just have to insulate and put in all the necessities, you know, kitchen, cupboards, appliances, all that good stuff. So I don't know exactly what we're going to do yet, but that's the first priority so that we can get Nampa out to the property with us. And then, of course, we need to build a greenhouse. That's a, a big priority um, for us so we can grow our gardens in the summer. And I also want to get a garage slash shop put up for Joe. And I told him that I might actually work on that this summer when he's not there. We've got to clear an area to get that put up. And um, it's something that I can work with the contractors up there in Alaska and probably have that done by the time he comes to Alaska uh, so that we can have somewhere to put all of his tools and all of his woodworking equipment and just all of his guy stuff. And so he has a dry space, a warm space to get out of the elements and work on things that he needs to work on on the homestead. So those are some of the priorities. I think we're going to put up a woodshed in March when he's up there with us. Um, we're going to need a new chicken coop, something that is, you know, durable, long lasting and predator proof. I think over the summer, Parker and I are probably going to go ahead and get our flock going. I would like to get chicks so that we've got a fresh flock that we will get fresh eggs from for many years to come. And if they're chicks, it'll be five or six months before they start laying. So I want to get those as soon as we get up there. So me and Parker, we might be building us a little chicken coop. I don't know. We'll see if Tina can handle that. <laughs> I mean, it might be something small and temporary until Joe gets up there and we can do something much nicer. But I do want to get the flock started as soon as we get to Alaska. So at the time of this recording, it's a couple days after Thanksgiving, two days, yeah, two days after Thanksgiving, we're heading into Christmas season, and I have so much packing to do, you guys, and I feel, I don't want to say overwhelmed, I feel unmotivated, <laughs> and it's like, you would think it would be the opposite. I don't know if it's the holidays and just kind of how you get that lackadaisical attitude around the holidays. You want to just be lazy, cuddle by the fire. But I'm like, oh man, I should go pack up the schoolroom today. And then I'm like, nah, I'll go do this instead. But I need to get packing because we have three months. Oh my gosh, it's November 27th. Like we literally have three months until we hit the road. So that's where we're at. We sold off a ton of furniture. We sold off $2,000 worth of furniture um, a week or so ago. All the furniture we have will not fit in our cabin, our little cabin up there. So we're going to be getting some new pieces that will fit. We're basically just selling everything, loading up the trailer, and hitting the road. So talk about leaving this life behind, right? <laughs> leaving civilization behind. But I'm so excited, you guys. I mean, it's something I've dreamed of and I cannot wait to start this journey with Joe and show Parker Alaska because when we left Alaska he was 10 months old so he doesn't remember it and the boy is all boy like you guys know if you're on my Instagram and stuff he is all boy catching frogs riding his bike going fishing 
As a matter of fact, I'm in my office recording this podcast tonight, and Joe and Parker are in the backyard camping. He begged Joe to pitch the tent and camp in the backyard. So they're out there. And what's funny is it's freezing right now. And I'm like, why didn't you do it this summer? Why do you wait until it's cold? (laughs) So they've got a bonfire going. We're going to roast some s'mores and stuff tonight. But I thought I would just hop on. You know, I never get any alone time in the house, right? I'm always with Parker. Parker's always attached to my hip. So I thought it would be fun to just sit with you guys and have a little glass of wine and chat with you about Alaska, our plans, um, our dreams, just the journey, and uh, answer some questions that I've been getting from everybody. So I guess I will leave it at that, you guys. If you have not checked out my YouTube channel, head on over to YouTube. It's Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. And if you're not following me on social media, it's also Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You guys can find me there. I post stories and stuff every day, lots of just uh you know, impromptu day in the life type things that are going on here in the homestead. But I appreciate you guys. And I hope that you will share the podcast with your friends. I'm trying to get the word out. It's still fairly new. We've got about 11 or 12 episodes. All right, you guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. And I will see you guys on the next show.